0: Hello, watch nerds, and welcome back. This is your host Nico, and today I'm joined by Alex from Ig Watches Norway. Hi, Alex.
1: Hi, Nico. I'm really glad to be here. I'm looking forward to this.
0: I've been looking forward to this as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of the brand. We have established that. I love your design. I love what you do. I love the the, the story of the brand, and I love what you're doing next. But before we talk about that, uh, let's do wrist and drink check. What's on your wrist and what's in your cup?
1: Yeah, in my cup I have uh, iced coffee from the Norwegian brand TINA. And on my uh, wrists, I have on my left wrist a sample watch from our new upcoming GMT collection. Uh, And on my right wrist, I have another sample uh, for a custom project we're doing for a sub-department in the Norwegian Navy.
0: Am I allowed to see it?
1: Yeah, of course. so this is the GMT with a rubber strap.
0: Oh, the rubber strap now is a thing, finally. I've been looking forward yeah. to that as well.
1: I can can talk more about that later. Uh, Excellent. And here is the...
0: Oh, wow, this is gorgeous. So I,
1: I usually, sometimes I wear two watches just to speed up the process of, of sample testing and, and stuff like that.
0: Rightfully so. I am drinking Frile, my last cup of Frile uh, left at home. And on my wrist, I have the Satellite Ground Polar Peach. The watch is gorgeous, and we'll talk about the watch in a moment. There is plenty to talk about it. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, so as you said, my name is uh, Alexander. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of the Norwegian microwatch brand, IG. I'm 37 years old, and I have a wife and two kids. I'm originally from far north in Norway, a city called Tromsø, uh, but I currently live in the middle of Norway in a town called Trondheim. Uh, Yeah, I have a degree in economics, have before that worked in fashion and retail, uh, When I'm not obsessing over watches. Um, I I love spending time with my family uh, and I'm also a huge uh, football fan.
0: What football club are you a fan of or shall we talk about that?
1: Uh, I'm not saying in fear of losing customers from (laughs) from rival uh, rivals
0: so yeah we leave it open tell me uh, what's your journey with watches do you remember your first watch Uh, yeah uh,
1: watches have been a part of my life uh, since I was a a kid Uh, even though it's not my own memory I've been told that when I was around three years old, uh, I was really fascinated with my grandfather's uh, cuckoo clock hanging on the wall uh, with the bird coming out singing uh, twice a day. Uh, And I got my first rich wristwatch when I was seven and started school, a a Casio watch. Uh, And then I wore watches until I started junior high school and got my first cell phone. Uh, Then I stopped wearing watches for a couple of years until uh, in the middle of high school, uh, and I've been wearing watches ever since.
0: Do you remember your first serious watch? The watch that got into really liking watches?
1: Uh, yeah, it was after I was finished high school and started uh, working in a retail store. And I saved up and, and bought uh, my first
0: Seiko watch. And how come you went to start a micro Watch micro brand?
1: Yeah so it all started in 2016 uh, when i was approached by one of the co-founders in Igi Christopher uh, he knew about my interest in in watches and also design uh, and asked me if i wanted to start a, a watch brand together with him and our third partner uh, Daniel yeah so the three of us in Igi uh, apart from a great interest in watches um, have expertise in industrial design Uh, fashion and retail, as I said, and other startup companies. Uh, And this gave me a further belief that we had the right tools in order to make a a watch brand. Uh, Yeah. And then we spent like a year and a half designing our first models, building the concepts, finding the right suppliers, sampling back and forth. And then we launched our first models in the fall of 2017. What was that? It was... uh, uh, dress watches 40mm uh, for men with quartz movements uh, called uh, Nolius aka Northern Lights and uh, Mørketid aka Polar Night
0: and let's talk about the design of the watches today I mean design is a very strong uh, element of what you do uh, there is the Norwegian-ness if you will in them um, who designs the watches do you design all together or are you the, the main designer how does it work?
1: yeah uh, I'm the main designer uh, i hope the other guys don't get upset with <laughs> me saying that but i'm the main designer and they help around and we also have other people in our design team helping us which uh, is each of our designs uh, and our entire design philosophy we revolves around capturing the uh, essence of norway's nature and heritage uh, and that's also how our brand name ig came around it's It's the indigenous people of Norway, the Samis, uh, word for time. And we have since our first models in 2017, put a lot of work into our dials and colors to capture this. So um, the first watches uh, we released, as I said, were Northern Lights and and Polar Night. And in the Northern Lights, we put a sunburst green dial. Uh, And when you move the sunburst dial towards a light source, uh, it kind of replicates the movement of the northern lights on the on the night sky, uh, and also to make the polar night really black, we we added uh, uh animal coating uh, on on the watch, so it's really black and and shiny, and that's yeah really makes the watch spark. Yeah. And so after that, I would say we have had many designs, but uh, I guess a key moment for us was when we launched our first automatic watches in 2020. Uh, and also then we launched uh, uh, one of the Nullis uh, dials into that. And it, it was really popular. It's sold out now. It was limited. But yeah, so we, we really put a lot of effort in in trying to capture the nature and, and things into our
0: watches. Then it came the Diver and the Satellite Ground Station. Uh, was that the game changer in terms of uh, popularity and putting your, the brand on the on the map? Yeah, so,
1: so as you're saying, we launched the Satellite Ground Station watch last year. Uh, it's obviously a unique watch since we have the steel from the South Pole incorporated into the Crown, which is also shaped like a Satellite Ground Station. Uh, and I really think that catches, catched a lot of people's eyes uh, and got them interested in in our brand. So I would I would say maybe like it was a turning point for us, um, and we have seen uh, increase in international sales after we launched that that model.
0: And that's the watch that made me uh, give you a call <clears throat> and invite you to the podcast because. Um, Already on the pictures, which seldom is the case, uh, the pictures usually don't don't give justice to to most of the watches out there. But uh, already on the pictures, I knew that this is special. There is something about it that I want to see live. There is a very special element to that watch that just caught uh, me off guard, and I haven't stopped talking about it after that. <laughs> because I'm a self-proclaimed uh, crystal snob. I like watches uh, that have. Uh, expensive, well-designed, well-implemented crystals that uh, cost and and are implemented well. And I don't know if this is intentional. uh, You're going to tell me in a a moment or not, but the crystal here has a very, very special implementation. There is a gap. I think it's intentional. I can be wrong. The, the The boxing of the crystal have a specific shape as well to correlate with the dial and the case. There is a gap between the bezel and the, the crystal that creates shadows from the bezel, not just from, from the inner part of, of the, of the um, chapter ring. That is just magical. I cannot uh, explain it with any other words. There is just magic to that uh, distortion when wearing this watch, especially when I'm driving, this watch just just comes to life. And I uh, can't help but appreciate uh, quality crystal, quality implementation. The crystal is not the only thing, of course. The I love the pebble shape of the case. There is the, as many times we say the Seiko magic with the, with the cushion case, but this is not a cushion case. This is a pebble pebble shaped case. I would say. Or am I wrong?
1: No, you're you're correct. And and to go back like to the, the gap between the crystal and and the yeah. bezel, um, I'm really glad you you have noticed that because, it is done by intention and to create like a kind of vintage uh, feel. Uh, and not, not a lot of people have noticed that, and, and you can see that on the pictures. Uh, but uh, I'm really glad that at least someone noticed that and appreciate it, because uh, we spend a lot of time on, on small details like that. Uh, and also, as you said, the, the crystal on this watch is, is really great. Uh, and to to sp- spill a secret, uh, the, the the crystal we're using, uh, the double dome eye shaped sapphire crystal is um, actually uh, more expensive than the movement.
0: Uh, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. As you Are know, you going like, to spill some secrets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it, the NH35 uh, automatic movement is a great movement, uh, and it's affordable, uh, and allowing us to keep like the prices where we want them. Uh, yeah. But it's just to, to to tell you like how special the glass is, and it's really expensive to make them.
0: I've seen so many so far I can recognize. I mean, th- this is a custom... Box Sapphire, this is not a shelf product or, or catalog product and that, that matters to, to watch nerds like me that have been around the block for, for, for a while and seen enough watches to recognize it.
1: Yeah, and I'm really glad, like you're saying, because kind of our, our essence of the brand is uh, trying to, to give you value for money. Uh, so um, we, we, we work really hard on on trying to give that to to our customers.
0: And then the, there is the implementation of the integrated bracelet. Absolutely, it's not perfect. Nothing is perfect, but it's so tight. It's just uh, it belongs there. It's fantastic. And and now you have introduced the, the rubber strap. Is that FKM?
1: Yeah, it's FKM rubber. You're you're correct. Uh, as usual, we try to to use like the top tire materials, uh, and FKM really has uh, some great properties. Uh, And yeah, even though the the rubber strap is not officially released yet, uh, but it it will come together with like the GMT launch we have now in uh, August. And it's also uh, a perfect fit for the satellite ground station watches and the Arctic Dive series. So for those who have asked for rubber straps, finally, it's coming.
0: One last uh, complaint, if you will, uh, would be the... The clasp, I would have liked to have a micro-adjust clasp because I didn't find the perfect fit on the bracelet. So I basically worn it on the uh, lovely leather strap the entire time I had the watch. Which is not a problem, Uh, especially if I have the the rubber, I actually wouldn't even care for bracelets because I usually don't. But uh, yeah, I would have loved to see adjustable clasp.
1: Yeah, and I have some good news for you there there as well. So, on the GMT watches, uh, we have implemented some uh, micro adjustment links on each side. So, the normal links are 0.8 millimeters, and we have added uh, a 0.5 millimeter link on each side. So, you can do some micro adjustments through the links. Uh, it's not on these integrated bracelets, it does not look good with like the dive styles, uh, buckles, uh, and stuff like that. So, you can so we had to find another way f- to implement the micro-adjustments and, and we decided to add some smaller links on each side so you can, yeah, make it a perfect
0: fit. Tell me about the crown.
1: Yeah, the crown on the satellite ground station, it it's one of the points that makes it really unique because uh, we were able to get a hold of um, steel from the first satellite antenna that KSAT built on the South Pole. And when they did some maintenance down there, uh, we were... Uh, able to get some of the like the scrap metal from the antenna and implement it into our watches uh, and so the crowns of the satellite ground station watches uh, have actually been on the south pole
0: how that that conversation goes hey guys by the way <laughs> no yeah so
1: um ksat is is up from our hometown tromsø and a pioneer in in the gathering of satellite images uh so they're a really huge company uh, and they have gone internationally and are, are well renowned in their field. So we wanted to make a tribute to them, uh, since they're probably yeah one of the most well-known international companies from, from our hometown. And uh, when they heard about us making some tribute to them, they got really interested and uh, wanted to help us make this a unique watch. Uh, so that's how we, we got uh, in touch with them and
0: this all just comes together.
1: Yeah, and we spent a lot of time on this design, like to make it, as um, you say, a, a a well- done piece with everything thought of. so uh, we are really glad that the, the watch enthusiasts, including you, really like the watch uh, it makes us truly happy
0: and it's actually a daily di- driver because this is a 200 meter water resistant uh, watch with screw down crown, and it wasn't hard to to unscrew. I was expecting that those polished surfaces will give me a trouble, but it was actually quite easy.
1: Yeah, and that's what's one of our worries when we draw the watch and got our samples. But I think it's because the shapes, small angles, and the shapes like the satellite antenna shape uh, makes it easier to grip than if it was just like a flat polished uh Yeah, that, that so, makes sense, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. And how many models have you produced up to date or what's available right now for for grabs on the website
1: yes so since we launched in 2017 i think we have launched four women's collections and seven men's collections Uh, i think two of them now are available still for the women's collections Uh, we are working on some new designs there and for the men's collections three of them are available right now uh, in a web store um the satellite ground station is almost sold out, so uh, soon it will be the Refined 40 and the Arctic Diver left until we yeah, launch the new GMT.
0: Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so the GMT, um, as I'm sure you're aware of, uh, Seiko launched the NH34 automatic GMT movement last year. Uh, And we immediately were very thrilled. So uh, we started uh, designing watches. We we knew, okay, we have to launch an affordable automatic GMT. Uh, And so we have based it on our Arctic Dive watch series. So all straps are interchangeable between the watches. And and, um, the watches are actually launching now in about a month's time from recording this. So in the middle of August, uh, it's not they're official everywhere yet. So I guess we are spilling the beans here uh, on a podcast. Please do. (laughs) And also, like we have spoken about a little bit, is that the rubber straps that are coming with the GMTs, uh, which have been highly asked for by people who have purchased the the satellite ground station and Arctic dive watches. So they will be launched together with the GMT uh, and be available for, for everyone.
0: So if I own, let's say, the diver and the the satellite ground, so I'll be able to use those for both of those watches?
1: Yeah, both the Horween leather straps and the the new rubber straps are a perfect fit for all the watches. So when we launched integrated bracelets, we knew we had to design design and make some some more strap choices for people. Uh, So that's what we have done.
0: Any more specs about the GMT size materials? Yeah, the size is
1: 41 millimeters in diameter. We use the same double box, double dome-shaped box sapphire crystal as we have used on the Arctic Diver and Satellite Ground Station. Uh, Yeah, it's 200 meters waterproof, aka 20 ATM. Swiss Superluminova. Yeah, it's like the great specs we are known for and we have used before.
0: Do you research, follow, or connect with the watch community to to follow trends and to find what the crazy watch nerds are after?
1: Yeah, uh, we are watch geeks ourselves, so we love to engage in the communities. Uh, my entire facebook feed is full of uh, posts from uh, with different watch groups <laughs> so uh, but we also do it for research uh, to follow and, and uh, get inspiration and valuable insights in what's happening in the market uh, and sometimes the feedback we get uh, this shapes our decision making process in designs and uh, so it's really important for us to make watches that resonates with, with potential customers and that's where you find them
0: What are the Norwegian watch nerds after right now? What are the trends there?
1: So in Norway, we have like this huge Facebook group called Mm -hmm. Klokkeria with about 80,000 members, which is kind of crazy considering how small of a country Norway is. Um, And there's a lot of uh, activity there. Uh, I guess like now it's in the summer. So it's a lot of turquoise, yellow and orange dials. Um, Die watches and sports watches are always popular, so uh, we see a lot of of people posting about that. Uh, so I would say that's the trend right now.
0: Some G-Shocks probably in between.
1: Yeah, some G-Shocks. Yeah, okay, it's, it's eighty thousand members, so you get yeah, yeah, yeah. You get everything. A lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course but, uh, the
0: Pelagos and all that, the the higher end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get everything there. So it's it's actually a great community for for watch lovers.
0: You've been part of the community for a long time, I would assume.
1: Uh, yeah, when I joined Clockeria in 2018, maybe yeah, so five years, I think.
0: Yeah. Would you Would you mind telling me how it, has it changed for those five years? I mean, this is about the same time you started your brand. You have uh, looked at that community with different eyes as a brand uh, owner as well.
1: Yeah, the community has grown. I I don't remember how many members it was when I when when I joined, but it was not eighty thousand. So it's a growing interest, it seems, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of activity. So it's a great great community for for us Norwegians, and there's also a lot of international Facebook groups uh, and. I know. Also, there's a lot of international forums, but you know, I <laughs> unfortunately it's not our enough hours in the day that I can yeah. en- engage everywhere. So I have to make some choices, but I wish I could.
0: Yeah. And now, what's the company philosophy?
1: Yeah, the company philosophy. Um, first and foremost, we like uh, making watches we like ourselves, and that we would have purchased ourselves. Uh, Passion. Yeah, passion. Uh, And yeah, it's no secret we want to offer exceptional value for money on our pieces. Uh, And yeah, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity uh, to own a quality watch uh, without spending a fortune. Uh, So I guess you can say our passion lives in delivering watches that exceed expectations in our price range. That's something we, we love to do. Yeah, and some people call us a spec brand. I guess it's not a bad thing, but I actually don't like that very much because we also focus uh, a lot on on fit and finish on our products. Yeah, I guess the best indicator we can get that we're doing a great job, uh, I actually got a great example of that last, uh, yeah, yesterday. Uh, We have sent one of the new GMT samples to a well-known watch reviewer and he got the watch yesterday and wrote to us uh, yeah i just got the watch it's very very impressive uh it's crazy it's so affordable uh, and okay that's our cue okay we're doing something right uh so well, that kind uh, of feedback
0: drives us and uh, spec brand listen there are worst things you can be called and that's what guys are after let's be honest i mean once you like the design of the watch as a watch guy all you're after is price and specs, and uh, you have covered it, so I see no problem. Uh, in the specs, uh, again, as I said earlier, I found only two small issues. Uh, I, I just being greedy for more anti reflective coating and and adjustable clasp. Everything else, uh, I was just uh, perfectly happy with.
1: Yeah, that's great. And and we we have uh, anti-reflective coating on our glass, uh, always on the inside though, because on the outside it can scratch and- Yes. uh, But on the satellite ground station, we have one layer of blue AR coating uh, and the Arctic Diver and GMT have two layers. So yeah, maybe we'll see, Uh, we'll have more in the future maybe, but uh, I think for us, uh, it's doing a great job.
0: I'm looking forward to, to, to check the, the GMT on the rubber strap. That would be interesting. Uh, did we miss anything? Anything you want to add?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's been a pleasure being here. Uh, and I love the, the job you're doing uh, for the Nordic uh, brands in, in this podcast, Nico. Uh, and I listened to all the episodes myself. So I Appreciate continue it, to do the great, great job you're doing
0: appreciate it. But you know, it, it's easy when there is a good brands to, to, to present. I mean, you guys make me look good. It makes it easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds good.
0: For the listeners, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, recommendations, tips, if you just want to chat with me and Alexander, I will put all the necessary links in the podcast notes. And until next time, remember, what's beyond theology, is time and people. Respect them both. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye, everyone.